You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Why I'll Never Make It podcast presents the Spotlight Series, an in-depth look at those making a difference in the arts and beyond. Finances are a touchy subject for us in the entertainment business, but it is certainly essential that we understand it and are able to navigate those financial waters throughout the year, both in and out of employment. So I'm here at the Actors Fund, which is a national human services organization meeting the needs of our entertainment community. They do this through emergency financial assistance, affordable housing, healthcare and insurance counseling, as well as the Financial Wellness Program. And joining me today is one of the counselors of that program, Rebecca Selko, the New York-based financial wellness expert and attorney, and is the author of Dominate Your Debt, a work and playbook. She is also a classically trained musician, and she loves karaoke. Rebecca's fresh, fun, and no BS approach to personal finance is one part sweet, one part sassy, and many parts singing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here and for having me on your show. This is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be digging into the nitty gritty today. I'm ready. Right? Let's do this. <laughs> now, now, the two main jobs for us in the entertainment industry is is to first off, get the job to audition. And then number two, to perform that job, you know, whether it's on stage or behind the scenes. But really, in order to do that, we have to have the, the financial resources and security backing us up. So, so Rebecca, give us an overview of what the Financial Wellness Program is and how you got involved with it. Um, so the Financial Wellness Program here at the Actors Fund seeks to engage, educate, and empower performing arts professionals about the role of money in their lives. I love alliteration. Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, so we, um, we are not like your traditional financial seminary type of beige situation right. um we really off we want to offer and we do offer i think um programs and services that are designed to be for an entertainment professional so somebody who has episodic income somebody who has multiple streams of income mm-hmm. somebody who um maybe doesn't earn enough as they need to all the time and right how do you manage that so we offer programs and services designed to meet those needs and not just oh just figure out what you earn and then 
just budget within that. Like, what? so easy. Right, because... That doesn't work. Because budgeting for an actor, it's like, because you don't know where that income's exactly. going. And, and just as I was mentioning before, I mean, tax day, that's when it's really different for us with regards to deductions, whether we can use them or not, and just all the things that oh, go nice. into that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so how did you get involved personally with the program? Well, um, <laughs> I actually started my career as an attorney. So I'm a licensed and barred attorney in the state of New York. Um, <clears throat> and I got into financial wellness because I was dealing with $168,000 in student loan debt. Um, and Oof. as somebody, it, it's, I mean, when I say that, sometimes people are like, that's an enormous amount. And other people are like, Psh, you think that's a lot? You should see oh what I have. Oh my so for me, that was a lot. Um, and I realized fairly early on that um, being at least a corporate attorney was not for me. Um, but because I had this amount of debt, that was what I was going to be doing, right? Whether I like right. or not, because that's what I needed. I needed to earn that much to be able to pay, to pay for my back. debt. Oh, yeah. um, so um, when I tell this story to entertainment professionals like yourself and others, um, I'm like, you know, obviously we can't necessarily relate on that level, but we can relate to the idea of like, I'm stuck somewhere because of my financial situation, right? I don't feel like I can do what I want to do or necessarily make all the choices that I want to make because of my financial situation or I'm making the choices, but the sacrifice is my financial situation. Right. So it's one or the other. Oh yeah. So, Cause that's certainly something that yeah. all of us have, have to <laughs> yeah. deal with. You know, sometimes yeah. we have to take jobs because we need the pay, we need the insurance weeks, you know, wh yeah. whatever it is, we have to like sometimes just take a job and whether it's performing or not, we just have to, to yeah. get by. That was me. So, <laughs> so I practiced law, um, fairly unhappily for um, about five, six years um, and paid off my student loans in five years. Um, so I was very diligent really, about it. That is really um, good. Thank you. It was not an easy process. I don't necessarily counsel people to do it in the way that I did, which is that I was fairly obsessed with um, my student loans right. during that time. But I was also really like, I need to GTFO. Can I say that on your show? Absolutely. I need to GTFO yeah. this career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, eventually moved to a smaller firm and, and enjoyed that a lot more, but I was still like, this is not really what I want to be doing. Like this is now, now, there's more as, to life than this. You as, know, as you were going through school, was that something you started to realize that maybe this wasn't what you wanted or, or only once you actually started to practice? Um, funny story about that. So I'm actually also a singer. So that's my connection to the actors, funny nice. connection to this work, connection to everybody I work with because I'm a performer too and mm -hmm. I'm a musician and I just, that's where my soul is, <laughs> even though that's not what I do to make money or on a daily basis. Um, and so when I was in law school, well, actually, before going to law school, um, I had saved $30,000. So we can talk numbers here. I'd saved $30,000 at my first job. So from the first couple of years that I was working, I saved 30 grand um, working as a paralegal. And I was in Paris at the time. Wow. And I, I was not working as a paralegal. I went to Paris for, for my birthday that year. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, you know, I could take that 30 grand and that would probably last a really long time. And I could study voice and I could really pursue singing professionally. And like, I could really try this and, right. you know, 
see what happens. And then I was like, well, you know, no, law is a more stable career. That That's where I should go. And like singing mm. will always be there. So I was kind of at that fork in the road and I okay. chose what I actually thought would probably be the easier path, which was <laughs> to be an attorney <laughs> rather than be a professional musician. So, um, so when I work with entertainment professionals, I'm like, I know how hard it is to make that choice and you're making it day after day after day after day and it's so amazing and so inspiring to me to be able to work with people who are like I'm just I have to follow my passion I have no choice like right. this is what I have to be doing um so I didn't make that choice and so yes there were other things I thought about doing um and realized even in law school I I was in the we had a talent show um my first year of law school and I and I won the talent show there you go singing in aria nice. and um people were coming up to me afterwards like why why are you even in law school you should be a singer <laughs> so I'm like started- thanks they started to question your decision. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So, so I paid off my student loans in five years um, and then stopped practicing law full time and started a financial education and coaching company. So I was wow. like, this is what I like doing. I like teaching. I'm really fascinated by the process of dealing with money and like the emotional relationship that we have with money and what our emotions do to us and kind of mess with us like when we're dealing with money and all the outside forces that are on purpose trying to mess with us Mm -hmm. you know and our money financial services industry so much marketing that's out there so much you know because everyone wants a piece of our yeah everyone wants a piece and you know it's yeah, the fact that I got into that much debt with having like zero idea. Just so you know, $168,000 in debt is about a $1,700 a month minimum payment on a 10-year plan. So it just pretty simply like divides into 10 years, yeah. $1,700 a month. Um, and I would always, I had always been very meticulous about managing my money mm-hmm. um, to the point where like, you know, when I was seven years old, I had a little notebook. And if I found a nickel on the ground, I would write in the notebook, found nickel 0.05 in this little notebook. Oh, so wow. very meticulous. And the fact that I got into this level of debt, having no idea what that was going to mean for my life, for my career, you know, just for my financial situation. I mean, it was mind blowing to me. And like, I'm, I'm one of the ones who's on top of this and still like completely blindsided. So I figured yeah, there's gotta be other people in this situation. Right, because- Where did we go wrong? A lot of us in the entertainment field, we don't even make 168,000 over five years period. Yeah. So, 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 like, so the fact that, that you were able to pay it off was, was kudos to you for well, being you. able to budget and do that. So that, that experience alone, just that firsthand knowledge, I'm sure played a lot yeah. into helping others find yes. that same security. Yeah. And so it wasn't just, you know, my plans for, you know, budgeting and stuff like that. It's also really understanding how debt works. Um, and I'm really fascinated by <laughs> the subject of debt. Oh, I will show you. Um, <laughs> she, she, she's pulling one of her favorite book. books. No, well, it's not actually one of my favorite books, but I wrote it. Um, this is Dominate Your Debt. Um, so I'm so fascinated by it. I actually wrote a book about it. I love it. Um, and so I started a financial education and coaching company, wrote this book as part of that, um, and just loved the work, loved what I was doing. Um, 
didn't love running a business as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I was spending about 25% of my time actually working with clients, teaching workshops, developing content, all that stuff. And 75, like marketing, what I was doing, running the business. That's exactly as what it is. Anybody. As, as right? any business, you know, at just running, running this podcast is the same. Like these conversations <laughs> that I have with, with people like you is, is wonderful. It's my favorite part, but that's about 20% of it. The rest is like the editing and, and marketing and social media yeah. and everything. That, that goes into it yeah. and, and, and you find fun ways to, to keep it entertaining for yourself but yeah it's the one-on-one reaction that's, that's uh, interaction that's, that's always the, the best, best part. yeah and, and I was facing this and I was like I am not going to be in another career that like I'm not happy with so I thought how great would it be if I could find a way to do this but get paid and I thought it was going to be a school but get paid by some entity or some organization so that I can offer one offer what I do for free to the user. So it's, you're not in this kind of, and I, and I still do have a private practice, but, um, you're, you're not in always in this like kind of weird situation of like, I will help you with your finances and you have to pay me to help you with your finances. And sometimes that's fine and it works. And other times it's like, I just wish I could just give this to you because you really need it. Um, and so I thought, how great would it be if I could just focus on the 25% that I like and make that a hundred percent of my time and, um, be able to just give, you know, give this knowledge to people. Um, without feeling like I have to hustle for, you know, something in return. And then it just happened. I just happened to be an idealist at the right day, really. I was looking for a volunteer music-related position, and I'm, like, looking, searching, searching, and I see this position for financial wellness counselor at the Actors Fund, and I'm like, that's it. You can't see my face. I shouldn't. We're not on TV. I'm like. Uh. Well, no. I, I was. I was doing the. I was doing the verbal interpretation of your face, right? Which, is, <laughs> Which was that's it. Yes. I found it. Yes. Yeah, so I started crying, and I said to my husband, "I'm like, they're looking for me." <laughs> um, and so I applied for this position. Uh, my predecessor Amanda had been here 11 years. She founded the program here at the Actors Fund, um, and she was moving on in this position. Was available and you said I was one of the financial wellness counselors. I am the only financial wellness counselor here in the, the New York only office. One. This is the program right here at me. Um, and we you have, are the have, program. And I have I a do. counterpart in LA who is our national consultant for financial wellness. Um, and, and that's it. That's the financial wellness program here. Um, and so applied for the position. I auditioned for the position. So I right, right. sat in front of Did, did you do that aria that you won the talent show with? No. That was your intro? <laughs> <laughs> that was unfortunately not what they were looking for, but I did yeah. have a and I did a budget, a presentation on budgeting that I had created um, and was just so, I mean, I say blessed. I really was. I feel like I was very blessed to be at the right space, the right, the right place, the right time with the right people yeah. and got this job. And it really is like, this is a dream for me. I absolutely love what I do. I love that I get to work at this amazing, and I'm not just saying this, it's really genuine um, <laughs> that I get to work at this amazing organization. The Actors Fund is helping so many people in so many really profoundly important and powerful ways yeah, and, and I get to be part of that and it's just oh it's just amazing. and I think a lot of us actors don't even realize what all the actors fund does I mean it's it's name kind of I think gives <laughs> gives one little hint as to what it does but it's so so much more than just an actor's 
fund. Yes. You know, it, it really provides a lot. And so whenever I found out, because I didn't even know about the financial awareness, wellness program until I started kind of digging in and, and doing some research <laughs> about uh, about the services that are out there specifically for entertainment professionals. It sounds like that you have, I mean, you've written a book about it, about when it comes to like budgeting and debt. Mm -hmm. And so diving into it, what is it that that us as, as performers, as entertainers, as artists need to be aware of when it comes to budgeting, you know, as, as we said, because our income is all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's down one year, it's up the next and everywhere in between. We have to flip budgeting on its head, right? And it's, it's hard to do that because it kind of goes against everything that any non-industry professional is going to tell you about how to create a budget, right? So usually you look at your income and just make sure that what you're spending fits within that, no problem, right? But then you're setting yourself up to be living a very reactive life. So whatever I make, that's how I can live. But I don't know what that's going to be, so I can't predict anything, right? right. I don't know how that's gonna work out next month. I know how it's working now, but how do I plan anything? So. We need to turn that on its head um, and start with what we do spend <laughs> and what we did spend and then use that as a jumping off point to figure out how much we need to earn and right. then work that way. So I, th I think sometimes that's referred to as reverse budgeting. Well, well, so it, you create kind of... the income to support the, your your needs as yeah. opposed to matching your needs to your income, whatever. Well, that it, it kind of makes sense because in other professions, they they have that that contract, they have that salary, so they know year mm -hmm. after year they're going to be making that. Maybe there'll be bonuses or raises, mm -hmm. but they know a set amount that they're going to be making, and then they live within that mm -hmm. budget. And it's usually more next year than it right. was last year. But like, but, but for yeah. us as entertainers, the only thing we can control really is what we spend. We mm -hmm. don't know. A month from now, six months from now, what that job is going to be a lot of times. Exactly. And so I, I, th I think that that's a smart way to go about exactly. it, to start with what we can control, which is what we spend. Exactly, exactly. And there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of spending that is not necessarily within our control, right? Sure. Of course, there are things that happen, and we also have to stop treating those things as emergencies because... They are not usually. Right, because like, we're going to get sick at some point. Exactly. So we have to plan for that. Exactly. Right. So I say, like, if you have teeth, then you're going to have a dental expense <laughs> yeah. at some point. Hopefully it's not a root canal and it's just, you know, it's a cleaning of some sort. But it's not an emergency to have a dental procedure, right? right. It's It feels like one because you're not planning for it. But then you go get, kind of go down the rabbit hole of like, well, how do you plan for every single contingency? You cannot, but you look at which ones have happened in the past, how much they were and how much they cost, right? And then you use that to kind of hold the space for whatever might happen in the future. Yeah. So, um, for example, when people are looking at their spending, uh, in the, his the history of their spending, um, they'll want to edit things out, right? That's our tendency. It's like, oh, well, I moved last year. So that was, you know, that was weird. That's not going to happen again. Or like, oh, I needed a laptop last year because my laptop broke. So that's not going to happen again for a while or something like that. But we need to hold, and then they kind of cut those things out and think all I need to worry about is just my rent and my groceries and my cell phone bill and whatever. But no, we need to take that laptop expense. If it's not a laptop expense, it's going to be a dental bill, mm -hmm. right? Or it's going to be a moving expense. It's going to be something that just just fills up that same space. So 
So that's the the kind of human nature tendency that like we want to just edit it out, but no, right. we have to leave it there as a placeholder and really acknowledge that that's that's kind of what it costs to be me. Like yeah. that's what I spent. So it sounds like one of the first steps is to really log expenses in in in, yeah. in a way, or at least go back and look. I guess look at bank statements or that kind of thing to find yes. out where your money has gone. Yes, we teach. Uh, a method here um, that involves looking back at six months of spending and really, really looking at it. Um, so not just kind of sitting down with, because anybody could do this, right? Just sit down right now with a piece of paper and just be like, okay, rent this, da, 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 da. But like really look in detail, how much do I did I spend on groceries in the last six months? And then divide by six, this is my average monthly spend on groceries. Mm-hmm. How much do, did I spend on... Um, you know, dining out, it's usually food. It's always food expenses. Yeah, so how much yeah. did I spend on food in the last six months? Add all that up, right? And break it down by groceries, dining out, snacks, coffee, you know, alcohol, right? right? Like what did I spend in those areas? I had a client who had a cookies budget. I definitely have clients <laughs> who have like wine. You know, and... a cake and cookies budget I think is good <laughs> for all of us. I have a sweets and treats one because for yeah. me it's ice cream. Like I really like ice <laughs> right? cream. Um, so, so yeah, so really breaking it down into detail and then getting an average for what you actually spent in the last six months. Not looking forward, but looking back when you weren't paying attention, right. when you weren't trying to like control your behavior and you can't edit anything out. Right. So you can't say, oh, well, that seems like a weird number. Like, I'll just take the no. Like, you keep everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you spent like $75 yeah. on, you know, going to the ballpark, mm-hmm. then and you haven't been in five years, then you have to be like, well, that's exactly. what I did in the last six months. Exactly. Yeah, whatever those weird little expenses are. Yeah, and sometimes the little ones, you know, they add up in ways that we don't think they will. And sometimes there are big ones that we wish didn't happen, but they did. And so we try to get an average for every single category that applies to our lives. Hmm. Um, and that includes a type of expense that I think most people, when they're budgeting, don't think about, um, which is periodic expenses. So, um, so we break down the expenses here into, um, your fixed expenses, your regular expenses and your variable expenses. All three of those types are occurring on a monthly basis usually. So like a fixed expense, something it's hard to change, right? Right. Like Like your your rent. rent. Exactly. And it's really funny, by the way, when I talk to anybody who's not in New York, they're like mortgage, but in New York, it's rent. Rent. (laughs) So so yeah, Yeah. so your rent or mortgage. um, And then, right, student loan payment. If you have a car, like a car payment, but those things you're in a contract for, Mm -hmm. you can't really change the amount easily. Um, Then the regular expenses are things that you could, you know, change the amount if you needed to, like your cell phone bill, your con ed bill writes your electric bill groceries go up and down groceries not quite because you don't get a bill for that right right so the, okay. so the regular expenses are things for which you get a bill oh i see every okay. month so you have to pay it and then there's the variable expenses so which are like wow yeah yeah like that's, that. okay. that's everything else but then there's this fourth category where or fourth type of expense i shouldn't say category fourth type of expense that really can mess up a budget. And that's those things like the laptop, the dental, things like that, that might 
happen once a year. Even union dues, right? It happens like once a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because every six months or every six months, actors' equity, we got to pay those dues. Yeah. So anything that happens like kind of on a recurring basis, but not every month, or that just seems to happen randomly when you least want it to or need it to, those types of things will really mess up your budget. Um, And so looking at you know again can't predict but look at what it was in the past and get the monthly average for those things too so if you spent eight hundred dollars on a dental expense eight months ago then you spent an average of a hundred dollars a month like on dental and include that too and then you get this number that's like oh my god that's so much i don't really spend that like it's so much higher than i think it is but the numbers don't lie. People right. do, but numbers don't. So that's that's where we start, right? Like that's the foundation. It's like, what did you spend? Yeah. And there's no right. no weaseling right. out it's, of it's, that. It's, like, it's a set. It's a set amount. Yeah. You can't get away from it. And it's like, okay, this is my averages for these types of expenses. Yeah. And so then, once you have all that down, then how do you use that going forward? Um, then it becomes an analysis right so so that's the gather info phase mm-hmm. um but then there's this analysis piece that has to happen and actually even you know while you're gathering the information and even kind of before that there's an emotional and mental part of this that comes into play too where you start thinking about what are my goals right what do i want what is my vision for myself for my future that really needs to be connected to the decisions that you're making about what to change about what yeah. your spending is because again anybody could i could you know sit here with you patrick and be like here's a reasonable budget for somebody who you know lives in new york city your age range right <laughs> and your profession like here's a reasonable budget and like it means nothing to you yeah. right yeah. and so you want it to be really connected to what you did spend and what you know what's important to you but also what your goals and and visioning are right so for like for me with my my debt um I really was not happy like doing what I was doing and I wanted to pay off my loans as quickly as possible. I also worked with partners who were still paying off their student loans, right? So they had been working at the law firm long enough that they, so probably about 10 years, they made partner and then still like, still had loans, you know, yeah. still had loans because they're like, whatever, like I make enough to be able to afford this monthly payment and like it's no big deal like so whatever it's just part of my life and and that's that's a i think a really solid example of like your goal will dictate how you decide to operate right yeah. with your finances um and and, so- and and you're you're absolutely right that so much of our where we put our money is an emotional response you know we had a sucky audition and so then we go get coffee or we go get that that pasta meal or you know we we spend according to our emotions a lot of times and you know like there's the show that we really want to see you know different things come along and you're you're right that that you know where we budgeted in the past was kind of an indicator as to where our priorities were and and we either are happy with those priorities or we want to change them right exactly so like so yeah if you notice that like every time i go to a or every time i have a crappy audition i want to eat pasta afterwards <laughs> and it has to be like at a you know at like carmines or something like it has to be you know fancy a pasta plate of pasta at a nice <laughs> restaurant then that's okay right like what what you're going to hear in traditional budgeting and i'm making air quotes here but what you're going to hear in a traditional budgeting seminar is like well you know you got to cut all that out hmm. like that's uh-huh. That's dumb. Like you, you. Sh- there's so much judgment. We judge ourselves because we're hearing voices either from those people or from you know our childhoods or 
something, right? We're just mean to ourselves. So you're going to hear like, well, you got to cut all that out. You got to cut all the lattes. You got to cancel your gym membership. You shouldn't have this. You shouldn't have that. You just, no, no, no. Right. But, but we want it to be yes, right? Like yeah. a budget that you're going to want to say yes to. And that really does require you to look at like, well, yeah, so I'm going to have a crappy audition and I'm going to want to eat pasta. So do I need to just budget for the big plate of fancy pasta or is there some other way that I can get my needs met? And you get to decide that. But understanding that if you're going to have that fancy plate of pasta, that like $30 plate of spaghetti or whatever it is, right. um, that you need to account for that and make adjustments elsewhere or make more money so that you can afford that, right? right. Either way. Right. But you get to decide that and it's not deprivation, deprivation, deprivation. No, 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 no. It's how do I bring everything into alignment and then and so what i'm hearing from you is that budgeting isn't like this like worksheet that you just everything's filled out and you just fill in the little blanks well, it, it does it is a worksheet but but what i mean it's not pre it's not pre-filled yes. out it's, yeah. it, it's very open to our yeah. own lives our own interpretations yes. and priorities really yes. And I want to see that on a worksheet. <laughs> right, right. But, and then it better but, be written down. Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. but yes, exactly. So so you've you know thought about your goals. You have a vision. You set some intentions, and you're being very intentional about this. You gather as much information as possible about what it has been costing to live your life. Yeah. Um, and as much information as you can about you know debt in general. Right. Educate yourself about how if you have debt as part of your life, which many 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 performing arts professionals yes. do, because that's how gaps are being bridged right um so gathering as much information about what's how things work as well and then you get to that analysis phase which really is like let me look at everything okay we never say i spend too much on right i try to train my clients very well we never say oh i just realized i spend too much on coffee i spend too much on eating out i spend too much on this we say oh i was surprised by how much i spend on right. or you know how the, the amount that i spend on coffee is not aligned with how much I'm enjoying it right right or something you know, we kind of try to reframe and rephrase and so that's the counselor part of my job right yeah because it's all about getting yeah it's all about getting our inner voices to kind of quiet down yeah. and not be so judgmental stop being so mean right? like, to ourselves. <laughs> right? um, so that's that's the next piece is really like looking at all those things and where can I make adjustments and and in what direction because some things you need to adjust up. You need to be spending, spending more on more. vacations. You right. need to be spending more, you know, on clothes or taking care of yourself or medical expenses right. or whatever. Or, or, or classes, yeah, or and, classes. And, and training and other things. Right? Yeah. So you need to spend, maybe you need to be spending more in your career. And maybe there are things that you need to be spending less on. So you do a lot of analysis after that. Um, and, and, then, then, and so this is before even getting to income, right? We're, we're still yeah. just dealing with, oh, yeah. this is just the spending. <laughs> yes. so, so this is just based. Yeah. Based upon okay, this is this is my averaging uh, budget. This is what I've spent in these different categories and types, and and, and you haven't even touched spending no. yet uh, or no. the income yet. No, because the income piece is especially in the performing arts profession, like you're signing up for something that's not really in your control, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to sign up for a career in which your income is pretty much in your control, go work at a corporate law firm, like go to law school, get a job, or get right? a job as a paralegal without going to law school, and you know, everybody makes the same salaries and like that's, you get a bonus, you get a raise, you work your hours, you get the money, right? Like that's, that's, that's it. You yeah. can do that. If that's the thing that's the most important to you is financial stability, then you're in the wrong profession, right? right. So obviously there's more that's important to you, but you also, I think it's very important that, um, 
that we understand like what we're signing up for, right? When we pursue a career in the arts, right? It is not a financially stable career. And that is, so there's nothing wrong with you if you haven't figured out how to make it financially stable yet, right? It's not in... It's not inherent um, in in the industry. Um, and so, yeah, so the first piece is to look at the expenses and then try to match the income to that mm. in whatever way. And it, it is a very interesting exercise, and this is something that we do as well, to see, like, what were you earning um, in the last – what did you earn in the last six months compared with what you spent? And where was the gap? And so we call that the monthly profit and loss, right? Mm-hmm. So where, where was your profit or what was the amount of your loss? And it's not enough to know I had a loss, right? I, I could tell you sitting here right now that I spent more than I made, right? right. It wasn't a very big last six months and I spent a lot of money. But um, but we really want to be clear on that was a loss of, you know, $1,000 a month or it was a loss of $500 a month or... Because there, there's power in seeing yeah. that figure. It's it's yeah. it's one thing to just know ethereally, yes, I, I, I spent too much... No, I, I didn't spend too much, see? <laughs> right. right. That's where we... Right, right. <laughs> right, right. That, that, that I was surprised by these, these uh, expenditures. Um, but yeah, because like just taking myself, for example, I have not had an acting job in the last six months. So therefore, I've had no income except for unemployment and like random little like, you know, residual incomes, you know, from from this and that, mm-hmm. but nothing compared to my expenses. So eventually those kind of things are going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so I think now is a perfect time to talk about, all right, well, then how do we get our income to then match this spending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the <Well>, big one. <laughs> yes, and we have a career center for that. The financial right. <laughs> wellness program does not do that. Um, but, but, but at least what, a better way to understand right. that. But yeah. what, we, what we can do and what's so powerful about, I think what's so powerful about this work um, in financial wellness is one, you get in the right headspace, right? So like this is this this is the situation that I'm in and there's nothing wrong with it. I did the best I could with the information that I had. Now I understand how all these things work. I understand what my numbers are. Um, and then you have a number, right? I'm at minus 500 a month or minus 1,000 a month or minus 5,000 a month or right. minus 50,000, right? So whatever your number is, that's, that's your number. And you can... I'm saying number, I mean your loss, right? So if you now need to reduce the amount of your loss and hope to get it to zero, then, or even a a profit, then you can spend less money or you can earn more money. Um, And and hopefully both. both. And if you're going to earn more money, then it's much more helpful for you to be able to say, I need to earn thousand dollars more a month or I need to earn fifty dollars more a month or I need to earn 500 right what again whatever your number happens to be that helps you figure out how that's right? true that's true so you go for so here we have a career center you go for example to the career center here at the actors fund with I've done all my numbers I need sideline work that's going to pay me five hundred dollars a month then that is a very different job search than someone who says, I, you go to the career center, I need a sideline job that's going to earn me $5,000 a month, right? right. But both are possible, right? right. Totally possible. But, um, but, but different but tracks to, exactly, find, to find that exactly. kind of uh, income. Yeah. But that's where this, this work is so much more than just, oh, I did my budget. 
great. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. And I failed at sticking to it. So now I can't. <laughs> well, 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 getting to that, what is a way that we can better stick to that, that budget? Or once we kind of see our, our basic expenditures, how can we best stay on, on track with that and not, mm. you know, go wild? And, again, it sounds like it's another mindset or emotional yeah. way of dealing with it. Um, well, a couple things. One is it's really important to actually track in real time what you're spending. Okay. Um, we have apps that we recommend to do this. Um, and, and so on so, a daily basis, so on a daily you're, kind basis, of, you're yeah. keeping track of, oh, I, I spent this on coffee today. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, th- or, this unexpected yeah. expense came up. Or even more importantly than I spent this much on coffee today, it's, I have this much to spend on coffee for this week, or I have this much to spend on coffee mm. for this month, and this is how much I've spent so far, so this is how much I can spend oh, okay, right, right. today if I want to stick to what I planned for myself. Right. right. So it's not just like I want to analyze how I spend, oh, I, sp- I spend too much. It's, okay, so this is how much I spend. So this is how much I want to spend. Yeah. This is what would be, I feel like, a good amount for me. Um, let's see if I can do that and then how that will look. Um, so so one piece is just the tracking piece um, in real time. And if you're not comfortable using an app, then you could do this on a piece of paper. Right? The old-fashioned <laughs> right? way. Right, that'll work too. Um, but, with the you know, there's so many great apps out there. Um, one that we teach here is called Good Budget, but also people use Mint for this purpose, and there are plenty of others as well. Those are two that are free. Um, if you actually have on your phone, like, I'm... I want to spend $200 a month, say, on coffee right. and or a week, right? Or maybe not $200 a week, but maybe, you know, I want to spend $50 a week on coffee and this is how much I've spent so far. So I know when I go into Starbucks or to Pred or something that this is how much I have left and I could spend all of it today. It's kind of like Weight Watchers, right? Like I can spend yeah. all of it today. I can use all my points, you know, on this. Or we or can I spread can it, spread out. it out. But yeah. you get to decide that so you're still in control. So that's one piece. And then as far as changing the amounts and sticking to something um the first place that i recommend looking is at where you're wasting money mm-hmm. so because it's easy to cut those things out it's we don't usually think about waste we usually think about what's the easiest thing to grab onto and it's usually something that you actually do like and actually would rather keep in your budget so it's, right that that's the, the first place i see people go when they're like sitting like with having that cookie budget that was important yes. to, to her and so she wanted right. to have a budget for right it. <laughs> but the first place she'd probably try to slash is like oh i shouldn't be having those cookies right i'm right? spending too much i'm on spending cookie. too much on cookies that's yeah. gotta go or like gym membership cable um you know the i'm trying to think of things that people tend to cut like before thinking about it, right? So it's like the low hanging fruit. Well, so I mean, th- seeing shows, dining out, seeing shows. Right. Um, so like, I don't have to do that anymore. It's like they try to find something, mm-hmm. but um, the first place I recommend looking is where are you wasting money? So what subscriptions do you have that you actually don't use? You pay yeah. for a gym membership. Are you going? Right. Are you <laughs> like, actually right? are you getting actually on going? the treadmill? If you are using that, do not cut that, yes. right? Like if you are not, then okay. Or like yoga studio or something like that. But that if magazine that it... comes every month, are you actually reading exactly. it? Exactly. I have a pile on my coffee table and I've seen all their covers. That's about it. I, I haven't read beyond the cover. That's wasteful. So I'm wasting it. And it might be serving you in some way to have that magazine. Like... This is probably not the case for you, but if you're saying, okay, I I like getting mail, 
<laughs> like, like if it's serving you in I that know, way. I know in this digital age getting a physical piece of mail could sometimes like, be maybe like, like I yeah. like looking at the covers on my coffee table because it makes me think <laughs> right so so this is really like this is really like psychology of like how mm. is it serving me to have this in my life. It's like the Marie Kondo of budgeting. Kind of. Yes, does this spark joy? But the, but it really is like, does yeah. this spark joy? If no, then then it needs to go. If, then let's if, find something yes. that does bring joy. Or maybe I can yeah. find something, like a free way to have this happen or a less expensive way to have this happen in my life. And food is obviously a huge one for people. Mm-hmm. So it's not, what you know, again, the tendency is, oh, like I, and, and people have this, it's so funny, I like people have this conversation with me that they're actually having with themselves. And so this might sound familiar to all of you out there and to you, Patrick. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I spend too much on dining out, especially on lunches. I, I should just bring my lunch every day. I'm going to start going to the grocery store and I'm going to start <laughs> like, buying groceries. <laughs> and bring, I could bring my lunch every day. I, I could do that. I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, right? No more dining out for me. Like I'm going to bring my lunch every day and this is how much I'm going to save. Boom. Are you really going to do that? Then I spend three hundred dollars on groceries because I'm going to be making my. And then the very next day, I'm out. I have no food, and I have to buy my lunch. <laughs> yeah. Time and time, tale as old as time, right? right? Like that. Yeah. That is what happens. So there's not, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But we're trying to change our budget to fit our life instead of or sorry we're trying to change our life to fit our budget instead of change our budget to fit our life so we really want to acknowledge like what we're doing and where the waste is so i wouldn't say start there because it's probably again serving you in some way to buy your lunch out so what is not serving you is it that you're going out five days you're buying your lunch out seven days a week right Right. and it could be that you bring your lunch two days instead of seven or that lunch is twenty dollars when it could be ten or fifteen and then also like are you throwing food away that is that's waste right leftover i love leftovers i I, eat them i I, I do then that's then you're not wasting the leftovers for for me i I will pack things up and put them in a bag or a box and i will eat them later and that is awesome and there could be somebody who is throwing like i'm gonna eat these leftovers and then they throw them out and they never eat them right so like so that's the first the easier place to look is like where find the waste wasting money like what would i not even miss then it gets harder right but that's a good place to start right i have cable phone and internet and i don't use the phone like why right so cut the phone out right like, yeah 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 I, I cut out cable years ago and it's been it's been so good because now i kind of piecemeal okay now i'll choose to have netflix or i'll choose to have hulu yeah. or or i'll get rid of those services and like i had hbo for a while then i let go of hbo because i was like i'm not watching it enough to pay 15 dollars a month i'm not utilizing yeah. it and netflix and hulu give me enough entertainment <laughs> options that kind of thing so it's 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 also it's not just the financial of, hey, I need to cut this or cut that. Yeah. It's the, what am I actually using? Right. And you want to make decisions that are sustainable and authentic. <laughs> so it's more likely to be sustainable if it is something that's authentically you. So it, you know, again, to borrow from Marie Kondo, it sparks joy. Right. And if it makes you feel good to be doing this, then it's not unhealthy for you. <laughs> then, um, then like keep that and try to find something that isn't making you happy. And that does not usually solve every single problem that you have, right, in your budget. But it's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the other piece of it is, you know, where can this income come from, right? And that can 
that's the more, those are the more painful conversations. And luckily right. we don't do as much of that. And finance. those are the conversations they have with my colleagues in the career center. So right. I don't have to do that. But, <laughs> um, but I will help clients certainly brainstorm about it. Um, and again, there's like a conversation they're having. Well, I could do this, but I don't really want to do this because then it's going to cost me this. And da, 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 da. it's like, they're kind of thinking through, okay, so don't do that. It's not a good fit. Right. So find some, you know, what, what options are there? I like to lay them all out. You know, every single option. Right, right. Like, to look at all possibilities. All possibilities. For, 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 for example, like it's interesting that you're talking about really looking at the numbers. And to me, I agree with you that once I see something, once it's like on paper, it's like, oh, that's how much I am in debt or off or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, of my monthly budget. And with that, then that gives me the information I need when it comes to then income. Like, so I'm auditioning for this role, these roles, you know, one pays 700 and would be a show that, you know, maybe it'd be, it's it's my third time doing Mamma Mia, it could be fun. Or there's this other role that's paying only 400 a week, but it's like this role that I really want to do, you know, Billy Flynn in Chicago or something. So you can look at your numbers and be like, can I take the $400 a week or do I need to take the 750 And sometimes we have to kind of make decisions mm-hmm. like that as well. Exactly. Exactly. And you're making an empowered decision if you actually have the numbers even before you need them. Right. right? As yeah. opposed to kind of like as waiting as until you have some and then like figuring like, out along the way. Yeah. 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 Do you also help people in figuring out what their priorities and goals are. Obviously it's going to be different for every person, but maybe there's a, a strategy or a way to, to kind of find that personal uh, goal setting for yourself. <laughs> this is going to sound so woo woo and it's funny because it's <laughs> like, I'm a lawyer, but these are like, this is, this is how far afield from like my original career <laughs> I've gone. Um, I really believe in trusting your intuition and following your energy So, like, if you're thinking about something and it makes you feel really heavy when you think about it or it just feels oppressive or just caused some sort of even, like, physical response, then probably not, Mm -hmm. right? Probably not. But then not the right fit, not right now. Um, But if you get really excited and jazzed about it, then... That's telling you something. Then go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll do that even with clients. Like it's harder in a big group, and I'll, most of the work that I do here at the Actors Fund is group-based now, so right. it's like workshop-based, like kind of te- more teaching-based. But when I am working with private clients and we get a chance to sit down and talk about this, right? And somebody's sitting in my office and we're sitting in the chair, and we're we're going at it. Um, then then yeah, it really does come down to that. Sometimes it's like you know when I hear you talk about this you're really excited. Yeah. And when you talked about that, you were just like, Bleh. you know, you were just kind of dejected or yeah. just didn't, I wasn't getting the vibe that that's something you would enjoy. A good example um, of that in my own personal life yeah. is that whenever I, whenever I started out, and I think it's the same for all of us performers, that especially in musical theater, we have to take those ensemble roles. We have to know how to dance, move. We have to do that in addition to the singing, and maybe we'll get like a supporting role, maybe we'll get a little feature, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and so forth and so on. For myself, I never enjoyed the dancing. It's not my gift set. It's not in my wheelhouse of what I can just wake up and do. It takes me a lot of time and a lot of energy to do that. And as I've gone through my career, I have I've tried to cut out 
as many dancing <laughs> roles as possible and just focus on the, the types of characters and roles that I really enjoy. Now that has limited me in the types of jobs and income that I can get, but it's also, I can put all my energy mm -hmm. into what makes mm -hmm. me happy and the roles that actually bring me artistic and, and just personal satisfaction. And so it sounds like that that's the kind of soul searching that each of us need to do. Yes. And, it, and as we said, it's going to be different for every person. And something interesting that you said yes. um, about that in describing your your journey um, was that at the beginning, you're taking the ensemble role. So there are times where we just got to do the thing. You just got to do the do, yeah. And as long as that, I think, is connected to your in overall intention, right? So maybe, you know, following your passion is the, the most important, like having the roles that you want is the most important thing, but there's also this financial stability piece that is very important. <laughs> right. And so you get to decide, okay, can I tolerate this, this role or this even non-acting work, right? Um, for this period of time or, you know, for, for the, well, usually it's a period of time, right? Yeah. Can I, can I tolerate it for this period of time? Um, whether that's actually connected to a calendar or just connected to the duration of, you know, the, however long the role lasts, um, knowing that it is also serving me. So we come back to that, right? It's serving yeah. me in maybe a different way. That's how I got through the years that I got through, right? At the corporate law firm, because it, I, I, it was in service of something right, else. Right, it was a means to an right? end that exactly. you did care about. The exactly. means you didn't really care about, but the end goal right. you did care about. Right, and I hope that nobody from my former place of business is listening to the <laughs> podcast, um, although they might know. But um, but yeah, I think that's that's important too, and that's okay too, right? Mm -hmm. It's it it is not always all about creative fulfillment. There's other pieces that need to go into the practical pieces yeah. have to go into it. It's a show business. This, we exactly. have to treat it as such. But this tolerations piece, I think, is is really also key. So following the energy, but also, okay, and can I tolerate this, you know, for mm. six months or especially when I mean, didn't really even dive into debt. But, you know, when you're thinking about debt, debt is also something that's finite, right? You have you owe a finite amount of money. Right. So it's not forever if you are committed to paying it off and however much it is, like it's doable. Can you tolerate what you'll need to do to pay it off for however long you're going to be paying it off? And however much you're able to put towards it is going to impact you know, what, what you're doing to be able to get the money to be able to put towards it, which is going to impact how long you have to do it. Um, but you can really crunch numbers and figure all that out yeah. and then say, like, it will take me three years to pay off this debt. Am I okay focusing on my debt for that period of time? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> then it will take me longer, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless something happens, right, along the way to change my plan in a positive way, um, then it's going to take me longer. But I'm I'm good with it taking six instead of three years because I've done my analysis, yeah. right? I've connected it to my goals. I've connected it to the reality of my situation. I understand how my debt works. Um, and I'm kind of putting all that together and creating a plan. So. Because we hear a lot about good debt versus bad debt. Mm -hmm. And so what, when dealing with that, because a lot of times... We'll, we'll start using credit cards, you know, in, in between yeah. jobs, we have to use those sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and so what is good debt versus bad debt? And are, is that even <laughs> the right way to look at it? Well, <laughs> I think any debt has the possibility to become bad debt very easily. Um, so good debt 
tends to be debt that is, um, and this is not necessarily my personal opinion, but it's it it tends to be debt that's secured by something. So it was like, oh, like I have a mortgage, that's good debt because it's secured by a house, right? Or I have student loans and that's good debt because it's not secured by anything, but I you know, went you, to school. Right, you have that so, education and so can like, put that to use to make money. Exactly, so yeah. like bad debt is like, oh, credit card debt. But I think in the performing arts industry, it's really hard to put that label on it mm -hmm. because when people are thinking of credit card debt as bad debt, it's because they're like, oh, I bought handbags and shoes. Right. Like not because I was supporting myself for three months and I didn't have any other source of income or I couldn't find easily any other source of income during that time. So mm -hmm. I put living expenses on my credit card. Right. And so it's hard to say, like, well, that's bad debt. Right. Um, but it's bad. And I'm, again, making air quotes that are invisible um, because it's hard harder to get rid of it once you have it right yeah. so a mortgage you could sell your property and then get rid of your debt that way right. you could refinance the mortgage hopefully and get a lower monthly payment if you work with the bank student loans same thing there are a lot of different payment options um if you can't pay and you can prove that then like you can often get your payment down to zero dollars right through various various deferment channels. or deferment something forbearance yeah. or economic hardship yeah. right or even just some of the income-based plans, right? Like a, any any of those options um, will get you to a low or, you know, $0 monthly payment. Credit card companies are never going to take $0. Um, they'll, take the, they'll take $25. They'll take 25 but they're never going to take 0 And tack on 15% exactly, or more on top of it. Exactly, yeah. And so that's the other piece of it is that credit card debt is very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, other forms of debt tend to be a little bit cheaper. Um, and... You know, when I when I teach this, I'm like, you have to think about debt as like you're renting the money, like you're paying for the thing, right? And you're then paying rent on top of that yeah. to be able to use that money. So the rent is very expensive on a credit card mm -hmm. because, as you said, like anywhere between eight and twenty nine point nine percent, right? It's usually not lower than eight, maybe six. Um, I don't think I've seen lower than six percent unless you have some sort of promotional rate. Yeah. So, so debt is a very expensive see, way of paying for. See, things. see, I'm that old that I remember the days when all my credit cards were like four and five percent. <laughs> remember those days. <laughs> Gone are Gone. those days. Well, and I also remember the days that you could get 5% on a savings account, which you cannot Oof. anymore. Those were the good days. I, I, I did find one that has 3%, so that's where Three? I'm at. Three? What yeah. bank is that? So so my bank, you know, since we're talking about numbers, yes. it's it's called Consumers Credit Union. Oh and they're based out of... I've heard two and a half. I have not heard three. Right. That's huge. They're, they're based out of uh, either Illinois or Michigan. I can't remember. But they're, they're basically online and they're a credit union. So so that that's even better, I think, than a bank because they offer more services that are personalized. And for, for that, you get a, a checking account that gives you a debit card. And as long as you use that debit card 12 times a month and spend... A, a total of $100 in those 12 purchases, then you get 3% interest on everything in the account. Wow. Up to, up to $10,000. But still, so. I, I, I don't have $10,000 in the bank. That's amazing. But yeah. And so I, you know, it took me a lot of time to research and find that. But it's stuff like that where I try to make my money 
make money. You know, I, yeah. I try to have it work for me as much as I can. And that's through investing, through savings, that type of thing. And all that is based upon like when I was in the high life, I was on a national <laughs> tour and I was able to put away money and yes. invest and stuff like that. Yes. And so I would assume that especially us in the performing business, that we have to kind of plan ahead for those lean years when, when we're like in the throes of it and we're making more money than we know what to do with, what do we do with it? What do you recommend when, when we're actually in those good times? Well, it's the same thing about not living reactively. So you have the same... Like, <laughs> you're sticking to that same well, budget. Yeah, because yeah. you you know, the periods that you're in unemployment, which hopefully never come, but if they're going to, what a big drop, right? Like yeah. what a big change. Um, so, you know, I hate to use the word moderation, but that's what came to my mind, but it's, it's not so much that it's just, again, like it, this is what it costs to be me and be comfortable. Maybe I'll have a little bit more, but really, making sure that the the high highs can balance out like the low lows mm -hmm. um so we don't give you know any investment advice or anything like that here at the actors fund either i'm not licensed to be able to do that yeah, yeah. um but um so this is kind of more generally speaking like you know i've i've heard you know you want to put as much away for retirement as you can i mean with an individual retirement account there's a maximum of what like five or six thousand maybe even sixty five hundred a year so it's not a ton um but it is something right so so you know retirement accounts certainly savings online savings accounts are mm -hmm. great tools where you can get larger amounts of interest um than in a traditional brick and mortar yeah. bank account um but but yeah, like it really, it, it is hard to think like this is not always going to be the case or it might not always, we don't know for sure, but it might not always be the case. Yeah. Um, and so to just live the same, even though you're making way more, you know, you're living way below your means, like right. just so that you have something left. That was, and, and I'm. I could not, did not have a career in the performing arts, but using my own examples, the same, like the way that I was able to pay off my student loans and leave my job and start yeah. a business was because I was paying off debt and really living like a student. Like I was yeah. not spending as much as I could afford. So you're you know, paying off housing. debt and, and, and in, in, investing, mm -hmm. saving, putting money away yeah. as well as just living. Right. You gotta live. Right. Not so much investing. I was just saving. I was like, yeah. I want to have this much. Oh, I recommend having a number, um, that is your savings target. Even if you're paying off debt, mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, almost especially if you're paying off debt. So for me, I was balancing what I call my, my snug is a bug number um, with my with my debt targets at the same time and and trying to make sure that, you know, I would have enough that I would be able to leave um, and still support myself for a time if I didn't find mm -hmm. something else or I didn't have, you know, another career yeah. um, or job opportunity right away. And so it's the same. It's like, you know, we don't spend it all in one place if you're even two places or <laughs> right. five places right really try to be balanced but it is hard it is a skill right to, well to yeah and, and there is that that 
consensus among you know financial planners that are out there and you can kind of go online and find this about mm. that about that, that that safety net that emergency fund of like yeah. three to six months or whatever you know it, it kind of depends i guess on, yeah. on circumstances but, but i call it an emergency fund it's not, right, an, emergency right. it's, it's not an emergency it's, 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 it's a living zero. fund exactly. it's, it's a future fund is right. whatever you want to call it and that's different from um wealth building Right. So we have kind of different categories of saving. Right. 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 So yeah. one would be actual wealth where you're wealth building, where you're using any 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 amount of cash savings above what you feel like you want to have in liquid assets um, for purchasing assets. So things that are going to either increase in value or produce passive income. Right. So yeah. just like you get three percent on your savings account. Right. Something that's passive to you you don't yeah. have to do anything to earn it it just it just came in just like comes, so yeah. great so so that's wealth building that's different from the quote again air quotes the emergency fund um not an emergency right kind of more like the bridging the gap fund right right, right. the and in between fund the in between yeah. fund yeah. right and and that would be different from the so that's so wealth building is one the bridging the gap fund is two and then a third one would be the money that you're setting aside for those periodic expenses that we talked about way back when yeah. um for things like you know are going to happen, like yeah. the broken laptop or even like tax payments, right? So you could be setting aside a portion of your income, if it's 1099 income, right. for tax payments. And that's kind of an obvious one, right? Like you, you're you're getting a check and you're going to pay taxes. So you can put that money aside right away. And then you have the account for just your living expenses. So just what comes in goes out like on a regular basis. Yeah. So there's like four levels of spending and incoming that go that go on and obviously you start with that first one you know start with living yes. and, then, and then you branch out yeah. as as your income increases yeah. or, or or as your spending yeah. decreases then you can put more in other areas but obviously you start with that living yeah. and then you build out from there yeah although i like to see people Putting money into a wealth account, even five dollars a month. Exactly. Something. That's the exact number. <laughs> that's, the that's, exact that's the number. number. Five dollars a month. Because um, we can all find yeah, five dollars right? somewhere. And and it's not so much the amount. Like it's very hard to get excited about five dollars. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be sixty dollars yeah. a year. Like it's not that exciting. But it's the process of putting the money yeah. in yeah. that account. The the consistency of it. Um, and watching it build, you can start with five and hope that it's going to go up to 25 and then hope that it goes up to 50 and then maybe it jumps up to 5,000, right? Because yeah. it's um, easier to have the habit of $5 a month and bump it up to 50 exactly. rather than just like never have... Never and then, do it. Yeah, and then never do it. And then all of a yeah. sudden, well, I have a 50 bucks. Let me just throw it here. Right. Yeah. And that we get very excited. And I look, I've been guilty of this too. Like we get very excited. We're like, oh, I'm going to like, I just got this, you know bigger check or I just got this bigger amount so I'm gonna put this much into savings and then you're gonna claw it you're gonna need to claw it back like you're gonna need it like because it really would have been more in the bridging the gap fund or even in the periodic expenses fund so we want to get used to putting an amount in the wealth building account that we're not gonna miss right we're not gonna be tempted and that goes away it's money that's harder for us to get to money that that really is kind of out of sight out of mind and that will hopefully be used was used for one singular purpose, which is right. to purchase the assets. And a car, by the way, not an asset. A laptop, not an asset, because you are never going to be able. This is how you tell. You're never going to be able to sell that thing and for get the more money 
more than what you paid, certainly, right? So it has to be something that you would hopefully be able to sell for more than what you paid. Yeah, and those can be chance of. And those can be goods. Those can be investments. Those can be. Yeah, like like build into your business. Like you, you were saving money into the business that you then started once you left the, yes. the law firm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. The goal is that hopefully I invested a, a small enough amount that I could <laughs> not have to be playing catch up. Right. But the, but absolutely, investment in a business is a a an investment. Right. The idea is that yeah. it's going to increase in value. But we want to be. I want to be careful about that because. Not always a good business idea, right? It's not it's like, well, always, well, right. That, so like that yeah, businesses that that takes its own planning, and and we as performers are kind of our own business, yes. and so we have to kind of yeah. monetize and like, what will this class, will this training, then boost me to to get better paying jobs? Yes. You know that kind of thing, and so it's a matter of yes. like really seeing the. The, the progression of if I do this, then will this and this happen? And guess what? One way to look at that is to go back and see how much have I spent on my creative career versus how much have I earned in my yeah. creative yeah, career. Yeah, that, that's when that six months or a year yeah. going back and seeing like, what did yeah. I spend? And did it reap the rewards yeah. I hoped it would? And it might be a painful, it might not. I hope yeah. it's very pleasant, a very pleasant exercise. It might be painful, but it will give you information that you yeah. can use. I, I never wrote it down <laughs> in, in, you know, and looked at it on paper, but I remember my first two years when I moved to New York, I was doing all those one-on-one classes and I was doing the, you know, the commercial class or this with casting directors that, you know, all those different classes. And after a couple of years, it had landed me one commercial audition that I didn't book. And so after two years of that, I saw no benefit of it. Now, this was just in my own mind, Mm -hmm. but had I done that sooner, I think I would have realized much sooner than two years that all this money I was putting toward these classes weren't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it made me feel busy. It made me feel like I was doing something, but it wasn't actually leading to to more income and better opportunities. And it's so much easier to spend, right? (laughs) Like, well, spending money on this will will solve the problem you know right, it's easy right. it's we hope of, we think right yeah. exactly so um so it is it is it is important to if you're not looking at it at least to be thinking about it so it's it's awesome that you were thinking about it in that way and you could have decided look i'm gonna give it this is kind of more the tolerations piece comes back yeah. in right like i'm gonna give it one more year and yeah. then i'm gonna or i'm gonna give it two more years or i'm gonna give it one more month right and yeah. if 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 a x doesn't happen by x time here's my plan b and if 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 x does happen then that's my plan a right and you can can always shift and change along the way but it gives us direction that you know can be helpful (laughs) helpful. so speaking of of direction as we kind of wrap up here what would you say are the two or three things that that we can do to kind of start out and then and then as we move forward into making our money you know, work for us and, and having a better mindset around money. Come to the workshops at the Actors Fund. I mean, yes. <laughs> Can yes. I put in a plug for that? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> um, no, we really, I, I'm very proud to be working here because we do have amazing and it's workshops. it's free. It's free for everyone in entertainment. Um, and, and the Actors Fund is not just for actors. It's for... Where's my folder? Um, it's for actors, dancers, directors, grips, stagehands, hair and makeup artists, yeah, anyone. Um, dressers, musicians, everyone in entertainment, um, on stage, off stage, on screen, behind the camera. Um, so everyone, everyone in entertainment. Um, and 
And the reason I am, besides the fact that, you know, I'm plugging the workshops that I offer because I think they're amazing, um, part of what makes them amazing is that you're in a community, right? So you're not just listening to someone like tell you some things and then you go off and do them, but you're sitting in a room with other people who are thinking a lot of the same things you are and they're experiencing a lot of the same things that you're yeah, they're, experiencing. They're in the same ups and downs that we same all are thing. in. And mm-hmm. that is you know, if we're taught one thing about money, it's certainly not, you know, how debt works and how credit cards work and all that. (laughs) If we're taught one thing about money, it's don't talk about money. Um, So we want you to be in conversation. And that's one of the the amazing things that has nothing to, well, it has a lot to do with it, but it's not really about the numbers. It's just like, let's be in community about it. Um, So the workshop that we have you start with is budgeting nuts and bolts here. So it's some of the concepts that we discussed, we go a lot deeper into, um, you know, just financial wellness, generally the process, all of that. Um, and you know, you're sitting in a room with, you know, anywhere between 15 and like 40, usually it's around 25 to 35 at this point. Um, people at a time who are all like, feeling your vibe, feeling the same thing. So, so that's one thing I would definitely say to get started is come to the Agris Fund and come hang out with us here. Um, And if you're not going to do that, then, um, or even if you are and you want to do something else too, I would say you got to take an honest look at your numbers, right? That's where it's got to start is just that, like, take out, like, get the bank statements, get the credit card statements, start going through them, assign a category to every single transaction, total up those categories, figure out what the average is that you spend in those categories and then go from there, right? You will be perhaps surprised, uh, but maybe surprised by how little you spend in certain areas as well as how much you've spent in others. But we often really underestimate and miscalculate how much we're spending. So I would definitely say start there. That piece just of cash flow right what's coming in what's going out is foundational right so how can we expect that we're gonna have a wealth building account right if we're gonna make smart investment decisions if we aren't even solid about like the basics of yeah. what do I earn and what do I spend. About how much I'm spending on yeah. coffee. If, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so you, you know, that your, your confidence does tend to go up, like just from knowing the number, even if you don't like it, just knowing what it is and saying, I did that, right? I did this work. I, I hashtag adulted and I, right? um, and I, and I figured this out for myself. Um, it makes a big difference and yeah. then you're kind of empowered to do more things, but, but do it with us, like do it with the actors. Fund financial no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We're here for you. We're here to support you. So, so what is the best way that they can find out about you and the financial wellness program? Our website, um, actorsfund.org. Um, the financial wellness hash, like the, path i'm not totally sure about but actorsfund.org forward slash workshops um will take you to our entire workshops groups and seminars calendar and so and then from there you can find the budgeting correct um so that calendar at this point is filterable by region so we have a new york office we have an la office we also have a chicago office um so we all the same financial wellness program is on both coasts so if you're in new york or la it's there and we're um launching it in chicago as well and we we, we tour so there are there's financial <laughs> wellness nationwide as well uh, but primarily new york and um, la right now budgeting nuts and bolts is offered once a month 
at least in both New York and Los Angeles. Um, and here in New York, sometimes it's offered twice a month, um, sometimes even three times. Um, so, um, so look for the dates. Usually it's the first Tuesday of the month here. Um, and then, um, from there we offer a whole bunch of different, um, groups and seminars that you can be a part of. Um, right. So managing cash flow takes the information that we start with in budgeting nuts and bolts and goes into six weeks of all of the, a lot of the things right. that we talked about, a lot of the concepts in addition to goal setting, time management, learning to earn, um, being in community, how to have like powerful conversations about money. So all of that happens in this six week Cause it workshop. sounds like that all of these, all these classes and seminars, it's really about empowering us with knowledge, yeah. but also the confidence to know that we can now handle it because yes. it, if, if, if we don't sit down, if we don't see the numbers, if we, then it's just something abstract. It's something that's probably weighing, I know it weighs on me, yeah. but, but once you actually have a number and as you said, even if you don't like that number, it's like, well, now I know what to do yeah. with it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it can have such a negative impact, right? Stress about our money is like, yeah. this, like simmering, just low grade or sometimes <laughs> high grade, but this like simmering stress and anxiety that so then we have that $20 pasta meal to get right. over <laughs> but it also can follow you into the audition room right if you're oh, thinking absolutely. about I have to book this because I need to be able to pay my rent or pay for something else yeah. right? like that's it's impossible that that doesn't affect you right? yeah. it affect your performance and you you're probably an amazing actor <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to no matter how amazing you are it's going to affect you right and, and why have to be that amazing be a little less amazing um, yeah. and, um, and, um, you know, be, be more confident and have more knowledge. And, and the number one word that I think I hear when people have done this work is I feel relieved. I feel relieved mm -hmm. that I finished, that I figured it out and that I know what my number is. I don't necessarily like it, but I know, I know what it is. Um, very empowering. That's great. Thank you so much for this. This It's been a little uh, informational for me as well, you know, just kind of digging into oh, good. it. But, uh, but thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you. To find out more about the financial wellness program and all the services that they offer, those links and information will be in the show notes and at winmepodcast.com. There you can see for yourself the important help that they offer to all of us here in the entertainment industry. I certainly got a lot out of today. Well, thank you again for joining me and Rebecca here on the Spotlight Series, a presentation of the Wild Never Make It podcast. Don't miss a single episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Instagram and Twitter at WinMePodcast. Until next week, I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is the Spotlight Series. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together 
we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> 